Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. Hello, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Thanks for plugging in to yet another episode. Darren Mitchell here, host of the show, and we are now at the first day of a brand new month, today being Friday, the 1st of July, 2022. Not sure about you, I cannot believe how quickly this year has flown. It's uh, just as quickly as 2020 and 2021, but uh, we are already in the second half of 2022. So as we finish this week, but also start a brand new month, just wanted to welcome you on board. If you're a brand new listener, thank you for plugging in. Thank you for finding the podcast. And hopefully this episode will be of value to you and your team to the point where you want to come back and listen to future episodes, but also the back catalog. This being episode number 455. So there's lots to listen to and hopefully lots of value to be gained from the podcast. And uh, of course, if you are a returning listener, greatly appreciate you plugging in and certainly appreciate the feedback that I'm getting, conversations that I'm having, but also the uh, the clients that have come from the uh, the podcast and certainly the uh, the value we're continuing to add to people as they become even more an exceptional sales leader. So with that said, before we jump into the topic, uh, I normally do a call of action, call to action at the end of this particular episode, which I'll just briefly mention. But uh, if you are a sales leader who's looking to, particularly as we begin the new financial year here in Australia for many organizations, if you're looking to significantly ramp up your sales leadership capabilities and are interested in becoming an exceptional sales leader, delivering more meaning to the work that you do, but also delivering significantly more and better, more sustainable results for you and your team, love the opportunity of working with you one-on-one. Uh, simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits, we'll jump on a call, have a conversation about where you're at, map a plan and start working as early as next week on that plan to get you well on your way to being an exceptional sales leader. So if that's you, if you're interested in and uh, committed to your development, both personally and professionally, I would very much welcome the opportunity of working with you. So with that said, let's get into today's topic. And what I wanted to talk about today is a topic that many leaders, and particularly sales leaders, find quite difficult to do. And that is creating independence through the art of delegation. Now, if I, if we talk to a lot of sales leaders, which I do, one of the bugbears of many of them is the, being able to delegate effectively and being able to delegate consistently. And I must say, there are a lot of sales leaders out there that actually don't delegate at all. So I want to explore a few things around delegation, give you a couple of, I guess, ground rules around delegation, but hopefully some insights in terms of if we're looking to create independence with our team, if we're looking to build a culture with our team and certainly increase the engagement with our team, then delegation needs to be one of those core strategies that we implement in order to do that. And so I talk a lot about the fact that uh, leaders have the capacity to create independence, but many of them don't necessarily know how to do it. Uh, Many of us, and when I say us, I was guilty of this in my first 90 days as a sales leader back in the day. I was very guilty of creating an environment of codependency where my team were dependent on me to solve all the problems, and I was dependent on them to come to me in order to solve all the problems. So suffice to say, there was literally no delegation happening whatsoever. What I learned, though, was 
that in order to become uh, independent, in order to create an environment where people could start thinking for themselves, I had to give people bandwidth and space and opportunity to do things for themselves, make some mistakes. And part of that was learning how to effectively delegate tasks, opportunities, responsibilities to my team. And through that process, over a period of time, I was able to develop a level of independence. And, and this is what I'm really big on, particularly as sales leaders that are looking for sustainable results. We need to have a level of independence that exists within the team in order to drive those results that do become sustainable. But many leaders, unfortunately, find it really difficult to let go and hence very difficult to therefore drive that level of independence. So if you're a leader who is, first of all, committed to driving more independence, but a leader who may be finding it quite difficult to find out how, just ask yourself the question right now is, when it comes to delegation, how much are you delegating or are you failing to delegate? So one of the key questions I ask leaders around all of this is, what are some of the key reasons as to why they fail to delegate. And it's really interesting that the answers that I typically get because there's a level of consistency with these answers across many different industries and also many different leaders based on their experience in tenure. And it's things like, well, it's actually better and quicker if I do it myself. I know that if I do the task, it gets done. It gets done in the timely fashion. It gets done faster than anybody else can do it. There's a lack of mistakes because I know I'll do it perfectly because I've got a history of doing this. Therefore, uh, I won't be able to put it in somebody's hands and therefore have them make mistakes. And probably one of the biggest reasons that people tend to not delegate is they have a lack of trust within their team. Now, this is not necessarily a focus on perfectionism, but simply a lack that if I give this task to old Fred over there or Tommy, then I don't know that he's going to be able to do it to the level that I know I want it done or the level that I would like it that I would do it. So there's this lack of trust that sits in there. And often there's also this sense of urgency because I mentioned timeliness. Often leaders will say, it's just easy for me to do it. It's quicker. At least I know it's done. But what we don't tend to realize is through the act of doing things ourselves and not giving people the opportunity to take on tasks and not therefore delegating, what, uh, what impression does it create within the team? And what level of trust are we building within the team to the point where there is no opportunity for people to express themselves. There's no opportunity for people to take on new development opportunities. And therefore, we actually create that level of codependency within the team, but also a level of stagnation within the team because really, when you think about it, there's no development, there's no expansion. And so what we need to think about if we are to become exceptional sales leaders is get better and better and better at looking for opportunities to delegate, because if we are going to build this this level of independence within our team, we have to get better at building our delegation muscle to drive that level of independence, and therefore give ourselves the opportunity of becoming an exceptional sales leader. So there's a number of rules I want to share with you today in terms of some of my ground rules, but also some things to follow in relation to tasks to delegate, uh, and also give you a description of the two types of delegation when it comes to looking at tasks and responsibilities and projects to give people the opportunity of embarking on, how is it that we can actually delegate so that we can build this level of independence and therefore create a great team environment. Now, before we get into these rules, I'm going to share with you 10 rules for great and successful delegation. A couple of uh, overarching ground rules that I've got, and I'll call these the golden rules. Golden rule number one is that we will never ever delegate anything to anybody simply because we as a leader could not be bothered 
doing it. Now, unfortunately, I know there are leaders out there right now who are listening to this who might be a little bit squirmish because they know they have been delegating and maybe are delegating right now tasks and projects to people within their team simply because they do not want to do it. And what they'll do in the process is they'll, they'll pretty it up, they'll, they'll badge it up, they'll package it up as a fabulous opportunity. But unfortunately, all they're doing is they're abdicating responsibility and simply giving somebody a task that they do not want to do. That is golden rule number one. Never, ever delegate anything to somebody simply because you do not want to do it. Now, there are two key sub-golden rules that are attached to this. And this is all about, these are the two key reasons as to why you may delegate a task or a project to somebody. Uh, Rule number one is that if this task or this project is in a person's swimming lane, a genius zone, it makes sense for them to do it because they have capability, aptitude, and it makes sense for them to do it, and probably they could do it better than you could, then by all means, give them that opportunity uh, and task because it makes sense for them to do it. Rule number two is if this particular task or project is in their development zone and it forces them to improve, forces them to get out of their comfort zone, and it is in line with the development zone that they've got and where they're heading, then by all means, give them that task because it will force them to learn and get better at a certain task. So it's starting to build a high level of conscious competency. So there are the only two reasons to delegate. One, if it is in somebody's zone of genius or their swimming lane, or two, if it will take them out of their comfort zone and it is in line with their development program that will be definitively in their development zone. They're the only two reasons to do it. Now, some rules around great delegations, and this is what great leaders do. This is what exceptional leaders will do. They will follow these 10 key rules. Rule number one, and this is in no particular order, but rule number one is they will determine what can be delegated. One of the things that uh, we need to think about as a leader is when a task is placed in front of us, one of the first questions we have to ask is, is this something that I need to do? Or is this something that somebody else can do? Or is this something that it, that needs to be done full stop? And certainly from a leadership point of view, there are going to be a lot of tasks that would uh, make sense to be delegating as long as it meets those two golden rules we've spoken about. But there's also going to be some tasks that we must never delegate. And some of the things that certainly as a leader, we should never delegate are going to be those difficult conversations, those performance-based conversations, and those review-type conversations that as a leader we cannot abdicate that responsibility and we certainly cannot delegate that responsibility. So the first key rule is to determine what can be delegated. Now, assuming that there's a task that can be delegated, the second rule is, okay, let's pick the right person. Do I have the right person who can take on this task? Do they have the bandwidth? Do they have the time? Are they willing to grow and develop? What authority and preparation would they need to have? And how good a job would the person need? So we need to be really specific on the person that we're going to be picking for this particular task. Remembering, of course, to keep in mind those two golden rules. Is it in their swimming zone or is it going to be in their development zone? Rule number three is we've got to explain why we are delegating. And this is where I see a lot of leaders fall short, is they literally throw the grenade over the fence. And with that, they also throw over the responsibility and the accountability for that particular delegated task. And one of the key things we have to remember, which is also a key responsibility of leadership is that ultimately the delegated tasks we are still responsible for because we are still responsible delivering 
the outcome. So we've got to make sure that we're explaining why we are delegating this particular task or this particular project. So why did I choose this person? What's going to be in it for them? What are they going to learn from doing this particular task or taking on this project? And will it help us develop the team of independence that we're looking for? So number three is explain why you are delegating. Rule number four, be specific and be smart about it. Now we talk a lot in goal setting about smart goals and making them specific, measurable, etc. This is no different when it comes to delegation. We've got to be really specific and making sure that we're delegating something to somebody based on a clear outcome. Not just, uh, and I'll talk about the different types of uh, delegation shortly, but irrespective of the type of delegation they actually utilize, we've still got to be crystal clear on what it is that we're looking in terms of the outcome. So let's make sure that we are clear, we are specific, and there's no room for misinterpretation as to what we're asking the person to do. Rule number five is setting them up for success and making sure that we're really clear on, does this person need any additional resources? What sort of training might they need? Do I have to open any doors for them? Do I have to make any introductions on their behalf? How do I set them up to make sure that they've got everything they need in order for them to be successful in the delegated task that I'm doing? And that leads into point number six or rule number six, which is making sure that we are touching base. Now, there might be a number of people within your team who you have utmost confidence in that you can just give them a task and they'll get it done and that's fine but it's still important to not let them be. It's important to check in to ensure that they're on track and to make sure that there's any if there's any further training or assistance they might need they're not just left hanging. I've lost count of the number of times where I've seen leaders actually delegate a task to somebody and they think they've been really specific but in actual fact, the instructions they give gave to the person was in a completely different language to the point where the person doing the task is sitting there going around in circles or they're stuck in some form of inaction, not knowing which direction to go because they have no direction they were given. So by a leader touching base and keeping on track, uh, particularly in a task that's going to take a bit of time to get done, you can alleviate a lot of pain down the track, but also cut short a lot of the wasted time that can often be consumed by inaction. So make sure that you touch base. Point number seven, rule number seven is, uh, which is kind of like the antithesis of this, is don't micromanage. Now you've got to be able to let go. So when you, when you are delegating a task or a project to somebody within your team, there has to be a level of trust transference to that particular person, and you've got to get the, give them the opportunity of having a crack and getting some stuff done. There is nothing worse than giving somebody a task and then looking over their shoulder and giving them instructions and literally managing every single step along the way because that's not uh, that's not delegation that is micromanagement looking over somebody's shoulder and pretty much telling them what to do if that was the case you may as well just do it yourself so please don't micromanage rule number 8 is make sure you're constantly offering feedback but also asking for feedback and i talk about this a lot that feedback is key feedback is the breakfast of champions and offering feedback throughout the process is a great way to make sure that the person's on track. It's also an opportunity to provide feedback on how they are making progress on that task or on that project, which actually can be a bit of a fill of confidence for them that they are doing a great job. So always look for, hey, just want to check in how are things tracking, what's working, what's not working, is there anything that we need to change, anything you've noticed, uh, and can I give you some feedback on what I've noticed in terms of your progress. Now, if you've got a level of trust, uh, then more than likely the people are going to be wanting that feedback because they want to do a, a good job 
for you. And remember, always remember to have a level of gratitude and be thankful that they're doing it, which goes to point number nine. Rule number nine is be patient and always say thank you. Uh, there's so many leaders out there that uh, have these really high expectations and they forget the simple act of saying thanks and they also forget the simple act of being patient, thinking that, okay, I want this person to get this task done, I did it in this amount of time, so the intermediate expectations, they'll do it in the same amount of time, which is not always the case. There'll be people who will take a little bit longer than you and they might actually make mistakes and that's okay. Be thankful and be patient anyway. But that's why feedback is such an important thing. So always make sure that you are acting with a level of patience and also with a huge level of gratitude. And rule number 10 is do not over-delegate. Remember to be ethical. Remember to give things to people which, which is either in their zone of genius or in their development zone and do not give too much to people to the point where you've got nothing left to do because that could come back and backfire to you. So they're the 10 key rules around delegation. And as we wrap up this episode, a couple of key things around what types of delegation that you may actually get involved in. Number one, there may be a delegation known as what we call precise delegation, where you have to be very, very specific and very prescriptive and descriptive in what needs to be done. So Follow this checklist, do this, do that, then come and check in with me. There's no room for interpretation. It's simply follow these points and you'll get the job done. That is very precise delegation. The second delegation is where we'd ultimately like to get to, and this is the one that really drives levels of independence within the team, and this is capability delegation. Now, it still presupposes that we have to be very, very clear and very specific on the outcome that we're looking for, for the task or for the project, But the actual capability is you're handing that over to the individual and saying, hey, this is what the success looks like. This is what we're looking to have delivered. How you go about delivering that, I'm going to leave completely up to you because you may find a different way and a better way of doing this task, which can only enhance the way we do things within the team. And that is the ultimate form of delegation that every leader should be aspiring to, having more and more delegated tasks based on capability delegation. So look, I trust that message resonates. One of the key challenges I find with a lot of leaders, whether it be sales leaders or non-sales leaders, is the the art of delegation. And what I've discovered over time and working with hundreds, if not thousands of people over the last 10 years is there's a direct correlation between great leadership, great environments and independent environments and the ability of the leader to delegate tasks and projects and give authority and give responsibility to people who want to take on that responsibility. So if you're a sales leader right now thinking about, and do I have uh, enough delegation? Do I have enough tasks to delegate? Do I trust my team? Just do a bit of review and just think about how much are you delegating right now? And could you be delegating more as a way of driving even more independence within your team? Because if you can do that, then guess what? The levels of discretionary effort within your team will start to increase. You'll be maybe surprised at the results they start to deliver. And pretty soon, you'll be well on your way to being an exceptional leader within that particular team and within your business, not to mention within your industry. So as we wrap up this episode, trust that message is of a value and it hits you at the right time that you needed to hear it as well. So as we finalize this episode and wrap up the week, uh, another reminder, if you're interested in working together one-on-one, if you're committed to that exceptional sales leadership level, Love the opportunity of potentially working with you one-on-one. So as a reminder, go to leadwithdarren.com and uh, look forward to having that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best.
Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.